0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Hi, everyone. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and I'm very excited to welcome you to this debut edition of The Racing Beat right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Every week, we'll bring you interviews with some of the biggest names in motorsports. We'll also discuss the hot topics of the day, preview or review some of the biggest races, and we may even have a few surprises that we think you'll enjoy. Also, while each edition of The Racing Beat is scheduled to air on every Tuesday, we plan on having a special additional podcast in some weeks. In this week's inaugural edition of The Racing Beat, we're honored to welcome NASCAR Hall of Famer and three time NASCAR Cup championship winning the crew chief, Ray Evernham. We'll also be talking to Michael Eubanks, a young and up-and-coming motorsports writer who will be working with me on our upcoming subscription email newsletter, also called The Racing Beat. Look for more information about that very soon. So strap yourself in and get ready to ride along as we take the green flag right here on The Racing Beat. All right, let's kick things off with our recent interview with Ray Evernham. Ray, thank you so much for joining us on the debut of The Racing Beat here on the Believe Podcasting Network. It's an honor to have you as our first guest
0: great to be invited and it's cool to be part of something that's inaugural again
1: we've got a lot of ground to cover in today i know you're really busy uh, you I mean, one of the things i want to talk to you right off the bat is the thing that's probably keeping you the busiest right now is the superstar racing experience it's going to be a six race stock car racing series that'll be uh, te- televised live on cbs on saturday nights um tell me about how this whole thing developed how it uh, became came into be and the excitement and, and how busy you're being with all this stuff.
0: Oh thank you. And it's 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 really it's really cool. You know, first it, it there it's S, the SRX cars are you know we're not gonna call them stock cars because they're not really based uh you know totally off a of stock car So they're mm-hmm. very unique, uh, very unique cars. So th- this series is a lot like the old IROC series, you know, right. IROC 2.0 if you want. You know, mm-hmm. IROC was so popular in the 70s, 80s, 90s, on up to the 2000s, started to tail off because motorsports got so big, it was changing. Motorsports was evolving, sponsors, drivers, and travel, and conflicting dates and things like that. Right, and it kind of had the IROC program go away. But as you know, IROC in the 70s and 80s was extremely popular with the fans. It was a, it was an event destination, celebrities, people from around the world, very international. And I, I, George Pine, uh, who was a former uh, Executive at at, uh, at NASCAR now owned uh, went to IMG now owns uh, Bruin Capital uh, along with Sandy Montag who was you know certainly one of the biggest suppliers of uh, of television talent in, in the industry we got together thinking about you know doing some some TV things I enjoy the television uh, my early career I spent the time at iRock and we looked at a lot of different things and I said you know the timing may be right to bring back something like the old iRock series uh, because I think it would help. All motorsports, we could get these guys together. We could use legendary drivers and people that aren't necessarily running a full-time series. So, you know, we were able to avoid a lot of the conflicts and perceptions that we felt hurt the uh, hurt the iRoc series. Said so we'll take it to shorter tracks uh, around America, around the heartland. You know, take it to where these superstars came up and and really make it about the fans, make it about the the driver ability, but entertainment for the fans. So, right. you know. Superstar racing experience is a legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. Going to be a legitimate race, trust me. <laughs> but it's really designed to entertain the motorsports fan. If you were able to redo the way a football game is played, or golf, or anything, you know, you maybe not wouldn't play eighteen holes, or you would change some of the rules to make the NFL or whatever more entertaining. And we were able to do that with a clean sheet of paper. And uh, we, we've got such a tremendous amount of interest and input from the fans. We've had the interaction from the fans on from everything from car design to graphics <laughs> design to drivers to racetracks, to everything. So, again, this is something that we are really looking forward to bringing in drivers. We've got international drivers, uh, again, uh, Mark Weber from, from Formula One and right. World Endurance. And we've got Elio Castroneves and Tony Kanan. Um, you know, obviously Paul Tracy's from, from Canada. You know, we've, we've got our NASCAR guys too, obviously Tony Stewart and and, uh, Bill Elliott and Bobby Labonte got a Willie T ribs uh, is from the road racing world and Ernie Francis, who a lot of people may not know Ernie, but, but Ernie is a young uh, um, man who is only 22 or 23 years old, but he's a fourth time in a row Trans Am champion. Mm -hmm. So we're mixing the old with the new, we're, we're designing the, The cars, the format, everything to be an an event, to to be a great live event and be a great television show. CBS Sports is a partner on this, and we are going to be on CBS Network Saturday nights, 8 to 10, uh, primetime Eastern, uh, six Saturday nights in a row, starting June 12th on all the way up to uh, um, July 17th. Mm -hmm. you know great racetracks too you know we're kicking it off June 12th at Stafford Springs Connecticut home of the modifieds for me and you know what's what's really cool about our series too is we're gonna have our 11 legends and we're gonna the 12th driver in our our series is gonna be what I call the Rocky Balboa team (laughs) where we're gonna bring in a guy or a girl a guy or a girl you know I keep saying guy but you know we've we've got some girls on our list right uh, that, that didn't that really has done a lot but didn't get a shot, has never really gotten a shot to race against these superstars. So, you know, some of your home track uh, heroes and people that um, you know are really good, some of the best short track modified drivers and late model drivers, sprint cars, midgets, uh, people from really uh, around the the country, around the world. And and, uh, I'm just really excited about this kind of rebooting, rebooting the old IROC series if you will, but taking it to the short tracks rather than the big tracks.
1: I can tell in your voice how excited you are. i got to ask you a question. I read something, and correct me if I'm wrong. Now, obviously, Tony will be in the series. Now, how how about the old modified guy that became a three-time championship crew chief? Is he going to get back behind the wheel, or would he be maybe be in the pits as a crew chief? Because, I mean, I understand that The crew chiefs are going to change teams every race. Is that correct? Did I have that right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, unlike the old IROC series, you know, the IROC series, there were three practice cars. Drivers would come in and practice, but they never got to drive their race car until race day, the start. And I thought, geez, it would be really cool. Again, this is an entertainment part of of our show. If we took 12 legendary drivers or 12 great drivers and, and then brought in 12 legendary crew chiefs as part of that and gave each driver a little bit of practice in their own car. Not a lot, a little bit. Right. And they could make some minimal changes with this crew chief uh, and discuss how to, you know, what they want to do to their car to customize it to them. I think that would make the, the racing better. And it would also bring 12 more personalities. And, you know, we, we you know, we, you bring some legendary NASCAR guys in, you know, and, and he draws an IndyCar driver, a Formula One driver. You know, right. to me, that's good TV because they're they're not really speaking the same language right, right. or, or may, maybe they are, right, you, right. you know, uh, and so. Um, we are designing to, to do that where the, the drivers will not only draw for their cars, but they'll draw for a, a, a legendary crew chief and they'll swap around. And they'll, so not only are we going to have a driver point champion, we'll have a crew chief
1: point <laughs> champion. So
0: I, love I think it. It, it makes uh it's going to make for uh good TV. And the second part of your question, you no, know, that, 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 old, that, that old modified guy is not going to get behind the wheel because I can tell you one thing for sure. You know, I I know my place, and you know, the the gap between my ability, uh, even my perceived ability (laughs) and and the level of these guys. It's it's uh, amazing. And uh, I remember I'm reminded of that every time Jeff Gordon and I go to play somewhere and I think I can beat him in a race. Doesn't work out good for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, the reason I asked you is because I remember you raced in Tony's uh, a couple times at Eldora, and I and yeah. you did you did pretty pretty well, you know. And I'm, I I would love to see you either back behind the wheel or you know maybe maybe wrenching you know a car. I mean, I I love this unique format of the drivers draw for the crew chiefs. That is just that's cool. Well,
0: uh, you know, I, I think in my position in this series is going to be different. You know, as I, I said, I, I'm really I, I'm part of the Jay Signori footprint. The right. new Jays jay's tree if, if you will so my goal is to be the jay signori of this uh this new series where you know i'm kind of the, the director of the competition and and right. uh i'm certainly a partner in the series but more uh but we're, we're going to let some of the other guys do that so i'm going to try and stay from out from behind the wheel and then uh you know i told you, the only guy i would crew chief with if he'd come and run is jeff you know i
1: always <laughs> tell everybody
0: i was jeff gordon's crew chief when i quit and uh and he's the only guy i would ever crew chief for again
1: would would given a six race series, will you have availability to bring in uh, other guys, or is the eleven you have already they're locked in for all six races? Oh uh,
0: no, see that's a really good question because we're not <laughs> gonna lock in eleven. We're only gonna lock in ten. Oh you no, know, we've got that Balboa team. Oh then we've got the ringer team. Oh ringer and so, team. So ringers. Some of the ringers are gonna come in and we've got some pretty interesting names, some some very active uh, and high profile drivers in other series. Uh, some interest. I don't want to give away all the names, but uh, some interest, uh, you know, uh, a young man who is very successful in NASCAR uh, wants to maybe race against his dad. Uh, We've got one of the hottest dirt drivers uh, in the country that uh, is very interested in running uh, one of our dirt races. Uh, Some of the, you know, we've got some really uh, very well-known names that love to go off and run some some uh, races like the snowball derbies right. and things like that. So right. we've had a lot of interest from, you know, Formula One world champions, you know, uh, and things like that. So exciting announcements coming about who that ringer team is and and when they come in and how if they can beat our our uh, our regulars or not. So we've got our our ten regulars and then they're going to have to race against the Rocky Balboa, who may be a star at this racetrack. Some of the guys that are, and girls that we've interviewed have multiple championships and wins at places like Stafford and Knoxville and Nashville. Uh, and then, the, you know, so also some incredible, um, guest announcers that CBS is lined up to bring in from other forms of motorsport and right. o- other forms of sports in general. So this is going to be a very, very exciting thing. And uh, we're, we're, we're just releasing a little bit of information, uh, At a time to keep everybody interested. And I I can tell you, Jerry, I promise you, I have never been involved in a project that I've seen as much actual fan interaction Mm -hmm. as with, with SRX.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, you know, this is keeping you so busy, but I know you've got other things going on. you got the shock absorber company, you got the big iron garage, you got the virtual car show that you did uh, for Ignite, the charity for autism. Uh, are you getting any sleep at all? I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like you have, you're, you have a brand new baby uh, coming or you've just had, a, or you're giving birth to a brand new baby because you're going to be up, you know, 20, probably 20 hours a day.
0: Well, you know, I, I wish I could tell you that all of that stuff, you know, I'm making it happen, but I, I but I'm not. I'm, I, I'm I'm the guy I always tell you about. I'm the guy that kind of stirs the pot, and I'm very very fortunate to have great great people behind me doing uh, a lot yeah. of that. I've got uh, you know one of the guys that have come up through as an intern that started with me has taken over has taken a huge amount of um, of uh, pressure off me. A, a young man named Deck Cullum, who you probably see with mm-hmm. me. Uh, a a good bit but uh you know between debt and then you know our other partners at srx uh you know uh, sandy montag his son andrew has shouldered a lot of the responsibility so you never really can do as many things as you think you can i think i can i jump in and then i get a little overwhelmed and as i said i've had some uh, really really good help getting a lot of those projects done
1: right the format of the show it's a two-hour thing on cbs it's the prime time on saturdays how long will how long will the races run will there be a, a perceived number of laps or will there be a time limit how is that going to work out
0: good question uh you know we, we want to make sure that that tv show does a couple of things right you know you've got to make sure that you're entertaining the fans and putting on a good competition right now we're looking at a, uh, a race that's broken down into quarters if you will mm-hmm. Right. So it'll be a timed event. We're not sure exactly how the exact time of those quarters will be uh, so that we can keep racing. But the we're going to have the quarters and then have a break where the drivers can come in, do a little bit of TV, talk about it right. and make a couple changes to their car right. and then go back out. Uh, there won't be any, you know, a bunch of points and things you have to keep track of for that. Right. It's going to be straight. know, stop. Go back out in that order with with changes, but it'll be broken up into quarters. We believe right now, um, and per track, that time's going to be different because you got to remember we're going to Slinger, Wisconsin, quarter mile pavement to right. you know Eldora and, and Knoxville, which are half mile dirt tracks, right. and then our final show, you know, is Nashville, uh, you know, big half mile Nashville Fairgrounds, not 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 the uh, concrete right. um, super track, but that old Nashville Fairgrounds. So right. the 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 time per lap is going to be different so we we to have a good consistent show and be able to plan around it we're going to break it into quarters that are specifically timed and we're estimating that those things are going to be 13 to 15 minutes long Cool,
1: cool so they're, they're, they're in the sense they're going to be kind of like heats in a sense and heat race almost I mean, you know, yeah I
0: don't really want to call it a heat race or you know we don't want to call it heats and, and things like that because it's going to be the race the race right like exactly. it, it's going to be we're, we're gonna I really look at it like a football game or a hockey game or whatever, where they're going to be able to run. And again, I think if they can come in, stop, make a change to their car, get a little bit of coaching, right. do things, take a break that it will really keep the field mixed up because as you know, some of these guys don't have a lot of dirt experience or they don't have a lot of small oval experience, right. but they're all great race drivers. And as they progress throughout the race, to be able to talk to the crew chief, to be able to think about what they've done and make a change on the car, I think it's going to make it more and more competitive. Uh, so it'll be like, it'd be like getting extra practice sessions till you come <laughs> down to that last 15 minute segment when all the money's on the line.
1: Right. One last question about this, the superstar racing experience, and then we're going to move on to a few other things. Um, are you going to be the guy that's going to be in the, in the hauler? Are you going to be the guy that's going to, everybody's going to complain, you know, if they have any complaints or if they, you know, if they got black flagged or whatever, are they going to come to you?
0: Um, well, you know, if they're happy, I'll let them come to me. If they're not happy, I'll make them go to George Pine because he's a lot bigger than I am. You know? right. Okay, okay,
1: okay. You know
0: that uh, we we our goal is to keep everybody happy. Uh, we are not going to. I'm not going to be the guy in the tower calling cautions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We're actually we've got some announcements um, coming up. We're, we're aligning with another sanctioning body so that this race is run very legitimately mm-hmm. and that. Um, you know, it it will it will have its own version of of, of refereeing, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Because as I said, the race is going to be a very very legitimate competition. And nowadays, quite honestly, with a lot of the new sponsors and people that come in and the the betting and what not, right. you know, and even NASCAR and IndyCar go through this too. We wanted to separate that, mm-hmm. but uh, so you know, I've always wanted to be the the bill france or mike helton sitting in the in the hauler you know so when the race is running i'm going to be running around like Jay ignoring making the, sure the cars are good then i might have to run up in the hauler and put my jacket on but hopefully uh as i said if they're happy they can see me if they're unhappy they can see george
1: right exactly exactly <laughs> now you have done so much in your career i mean you know you've been in motorsports for over 40 years um you know three cup championships as a crew chief i mean your 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 uh, achievements have been just fantastic I can see the enthusiasm in your, in your face. I can hear it in your voice. Um, it, but if you can boil down your entire career, what's, what do you feel is the, going to be the high point when we write the, the final legacy of Ray Everingham, what's going to be the high point that you're the most, more, we're the most proud of.
0: You know, I, I wish I could answer that. You know, you, as you get older, you certainly start to think about those things. Right. Uh, honestly, I, I think the thing that, um, that I want to be proud of is the fact that for everybody that helped me get somewhere, um, because they, they saw something in me or, or gave me the help that, you know, I, I don't feel like I let those people down I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I, you know, you, 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 invested in me and I might not have been perfect, but, but, I, but I, I, I did hopefully make a difference, a positive difference in, in, in the sport. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to be looked at as someone who ended up leaving as much as they took right. out of it. Um, but, you know, really, it, it, when, when I look back, I have been so incredibly blessed, so incredibly blessed, because I could never in a world have imagined to have had many lives in, <laughs> in motorsports as I've had. Right. You know, I wanted to be a driver, so I got to drive open wheel cars and got to drive, you know, all that then. then then, then, I, then I went to work for IROC and spent all that time with these incredible drivers and right. got to build relationships that I still have today, you know, mm-hmm. and and then on to the Bill Davis and then Rick Hendrick and then Dodge and then got to do the TV, which I, I mean, I loved doing TV, you know, do, you know working with, with ESPN, ABC and then, then with NBC. I did some time with Fox and then. Produced the two TV shows. We right. did Americana, you know, um, for Velocity. Then, then we did Glory Road again for NBC SN. And I always tell everybody, look, I, I swear, I am I'm like the Forrest Gump of motorsports. <laughs> I end up with these great opportunities and great friends and in positions. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm I'm a Texaco station mechanic from New Jersey. What in the hell am I doing here? Right, right. And to be able to have seen the places that i've seen and met the uh the, the incredible racing superstars from all over the world you know it blows me away every day like i thank god every single day i always tell everybody and i run over by a bus tomorrow do not uh, do not shed a tear because i have had a hell of a a hell of a ride i always tell everybody look i've I've been I've way enjoyed my life and, and some and some of yours. You know, I, right. I got way more jammed into one life so far and I'm not done yet.
1: <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I w- obviously, I wish you the best of luck with the uh, superstar racing experience. But let's talk a little bit about NASCAR 2020. Just an absolutely crazy year with the pandemic. Yet NASCAR. To its credit, stayed on point. Yeah, they, they, the season was a little bit delayed there after the interruption, but they came back, they promised they were going to do 36 races, they delivered, they had an exciting playoff sh- uh, run, Chase Elliott wins the championship. How, how, I mean, if you had to kind of quantify and, and analyze how 2020 was, I've got to imagine it's probably the, was the craziest year you've ever seen in racing.
0: It's crazy. And I think we're going to face some more crazy years. And I just think that life's changed, right? It's evolved into a different place because of COVID and, and, you know, things that that we're facing. But I I give an incredible amount of credit to NASCAR for a couple of reasons. You know, one that they, they stood up and did what they said that they were going to do, but they also were the leader of getting other professional sports back on Mm -hmm. TV and going, you know, NASCAR stepped up, made a plan, they stuck to it. They they worked hard. They adjusted. They they communicated. For me, I think that what happened in 2020, you know, with, with Jim Francis being at the helm and all the and Steve and Mike and all of the great team that he has mm-hmm. as well, um, they really gained a lot of credibility and respect. Maybe that they had lost back from owners drivers, Mm -hmm. fans, and uh, really, really proud of what they were able to accomplish. And I was able to have dinner recently with with Jim, France, and with Mike to discuss things about SRX and how we could help and how we could all work together and things like that. And uh, really just extremely impressed with the things that they've got on the drawing board going forward to make the sport better. I can tell you, I came out of that meeting thinking the sport's in better shape now. You know, it, it, it's 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 far back on track and in better shape, better direction than it's been in a long time.
1: Let's talk about 2021. You obviously said we were still going to have some of the challenges we had in 2020, but, and I don't I want to mean say it this way, but it's almost the best way to say it. NASCAR had a great run in 2020. Uh, where do they pick up from there? I mean, they're, they're, the momentum is there. Like you said, I mean, a lot of the respect is back. The fans are getting into it. They have the diversity initiatives, t- initiatives which we're going to talk about in a minute. I mean, what, do, what are you kind of predicting if you want? And I know you don't like to predict things, but I mean, what do you envision for 2021?
0: Uh, I think that you're still going to see some, uh, again, great racing. I think that we are going to be limited with fans. And I think that COVID is going to affect us. I don't think that I think that we're going to feel the full, you know, we're going to continue to feel some effects of that throughout all of 2021, mm-hmm. especially from the sporting and, and, and collective uh, gathering of, of, of spectators. And I don't think it's ever going to be exactly the same as it was. Right. right. But that's life. It evolves. We, 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 change, we adapt. And I look at what NASCAR has done with the ability to adapt. I, I think again, that they're the leader, the way they've adapted bringing the, the, people in inspecting the cars what they're doing with this new car to debut that they understand that in a changing world you've got to change and adapt with it and some things they cannot really be proactive about but i think you know because they don't know what the risks are going to be they don't know if we're going to get a new strain of covid they don't know what the you know the how effective the vaccines and everything are they know what they know now and they're they're I think for the first time, they're really – first time in a long time, they're looking far down the road. And the things that they have planned about getting back to some of the short tracks, bringing back the are doing this, this new car, which I think is a phenomenal – it's a phenomenal idea because it's going to do two things. Probably maybe uh, – say more than two things, right? but it, 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 it is really going to get the budgets back in line, which will create opportunities for new race team owners to come mm-hmm. into the sport. Because now you won't have to spend a gazillion dollars to catch up to the research and development and and get that, that big book of notes that Mr. Hendrick and Mr. Penske and, you know, Gibbs, people like that have. Right. So I think that's a great idea. And then on top of that, it opens the door now for a new manufacturer to come in and and again, not have to spend the amount of time and money on research and development. So I look at the car package, what they're doing. I look at them shortening races. I look at them getting back to the heartlands and stadiums, and and the fact that they are they set the bar of how to put professional sports on for 2020. I don't see that changing for 2021. And I do know that you know uh, because I have this little guy a buddy of mine that works for Fox, and he does. Uh, <laughs> he does a little bit of TV there, and some of the things he's told me about that they've got coming up uh, for the viewers to watch the, the races, just incredible. So wow. that, that experience, you know, if you you got a good at-track at experience, right. you got a good on-TV experience, and you're bringing exciting people into the sport,
1: to me, it's a pretty good uh, formula for success. I'm going to put you on the spot. We're talking to- both Daytona 500 and the season overall. Who are your, who are your picks for the for the winners of both that race as well as the championship? I mean Chase Elliott, you know, had a great year last year, in a, and you know, some people said, "Well, he came out of nowhere." No, he's been building towards that. So I mean, it, it was kind of like the culmination of his success. But how do you kind of handicap both the Daytona Five Hundred, which obviously we're taping this before the show or before the race, rather, uh, as well as the the overall? Who who are you picking for to be the champion in the overall season too? Oh wow!
0: You know, you gotta you gotta remember, I. I, I I'm asking some of these guys to come and run in our in our <laughs> SRX series. So I'm not going to be saying, oh, you can't do this, that. But, you know, obviously I look at myself, I'm still a Hendrick team member the way I look at, you know, right. and always will be. Um, and I can tell you one thing, I can't predict the Daytona 500, nor can you, because that's <laughs> what speedway racing is. It, it's right. unpredictable. Right. But, you know, you, you look at you look at the Hendrick cars always strong there. And I can tell you, I know, um, I know Chase Elliott, and I've known him since he's a little boy. And I know how serious he takes this stuff, and how hard he studies, uh, and how committed Alan Gustafson is. So, one thing Chase Elliott wants is that Daytona 500, oh, right? Because his dad, his dad's got a couple of those. So Chase, uh, Chase wants that. So I would never bet against those guys. But I, I can also tell you that you know, against some of my Friends that that have other manufactured cars, you know, like Fords, you know, right. this, you know that guy Tony Stewart and those people over at Stewart Haas are, are not going to be easy to beat. Right. And then on top of that, you know, you, you you throw in a guy like Kyle Busch, who you know he probably wasn't happy with his season last year. So you can bet that the wick's been turned up over there at Toyota. Uh, I do expect to see as competitive, if not more competitive, names. Up front, you know, uh, than, than we saw last year, and I think that there's going to be there's going to be some surprises. Uh, there's going to be some surprises up there. I, I think that um, there's a good new combination over at Chip Ganassi, and uh, certainly we're all keeping our uh, an eye on what Danny Hamlin and Michael Jordan have going on with Darrell
1: Wallace. Exactly. I've got a couple more questions, and you mentioned uh, Michael Jordan. I wanted to lead into that, and you know, the NASCAR has really. Um, Taken the the racial equality, the social justice initiatives, they've really embraced that. They really want to improve. Uh, you know, they want to attract more fans of color to the races. They want to attract more uh, individuals of color to be members of teams and that kind of thing. And then when you add in a Michael Jordan, you add in a Pitbull. I mean, this season, I mean, I've been in, in the sport a lot less than you have, but I mean, I've been in it for about 25 years uh, in, the, in the NASCAR world, and I don't think I can ever ima- or ever remember a season that was so, uh, predicated on initiatives, positive initiatives, uh, to really increase the, the whole complexion of the fan and the garage makeup. I mean, would you agree with that?
0: I agree. And I agree that with the whole country and it's time, you know, it, it, it's time, uh, you know, this has been, you know, it's been a, uh, tough couple of years turning point for our, our, our country. You know, uh, again, I didn't grow up in a world where there was, some um, segregation, uh, you know or you know racial issues are from new jersey you know uh so uh we just you know didn't I didn't grow up with that and um I'm proud that nascar is really now they they're not just talking about it they're 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 doing it doing and, it right uh, I'm, I'm really proud to see uh people coming in you know I don't feel like as a sports person that I or anybody else have the right to stand up and talk all, you know, put out all my political thoughts. Right. Uh, that's why I try not to do it on social media and things like that. But I will tell you that racial equality and, and, you know, just equality for all people, whether that's your, your race, your color, your creed, your, your sexual preference, everyone should be treated equal. Everyone should have a, a, a fair shot. And I really believe that um, that NASCAR is being sincere about opening that door. And as I said, we are an evolving race where America and our country and the world's evolving. And it's really great to see nascar you know not only just evolving with it but being at the forefront of getting those doors open
1: exactly well ray we've covered a lot of ground and the checkered flag is kind of waving right now so i just want to say thank you very much for taking the time with us i wish you a great deal of success with the superstar racing experience and all the other things that are keeping you busy this year and it's srx superstar SRX.
0: race experience yes yeah. so and, and uh make sure that stay in touch with us because we'll, we'll uh we'll have uh we'll have um Plenty of talent for you to maybe have on your show as the season goes on.
1: Oh, I definitely do plan on doing that. And and fans, if you want to learn more about the Superstar Racing Experience, check out their website at srxracing.com. Thank you, Ray, and I appreciate it. You have a good uh, uh, – stay safe in this pandemic, and we will talk to you soon then, okay? All All right, Jerry, thank you. That is by far one of my favorite people in motorsports, Ray Eberham. And I want to thank him again for joining us on the debut edition of The Racing Beat right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to be back with Michael Eubanks, who will be joining me on a new venture called The Racing Beat, the written version or the online version, depending on how you want to look at it, right after this break here on The Racing Beat. Welcome back to The Racing Beat, and we're joined by Michael Eubanks, who will be joining me in the new written edition or version of The Racing Beat, which will be on the Substack platform. That's www.theracingbeat.substack.com. Substack Substack is spelled S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. Michael is a good friend of mine and will be serving as the lead IndyCar writer for The Racing Beat this season. Other motorsports coverage as well. And uh, Michael and I uh, have known each other for several years. Uh, I actually discovered his writing uh, on his own personal blog about three, four years ago. And um, I was so uh, impressed with his talent. I mean, he's a young guy, he's 26 years old. But I was so impressed with his talent that I decided to uh, bring his name forward to NBC. And lo and behold, NBC decided to hire him. And uh, he was the IndyCar writer, beat writer for well over a year. But let's introduce Michael, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about. Um, you know, his background. We'll talk about what uh, his plans are for the upcoming IndyCar season and things like that. Mike, uh, thanks again. Thanks for joining me today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the Substack. I mean, we're going to do some big things, and you and I, I think, are going to raise a lot of eyebrows. We're going to get a lot of attention out there. What, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, joining a uh, a new, It's essentially a new medium? I mean, the e- subscription email newsletters are really going to be, are really a new thing, but they're really gaining very quickly in popularity. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts about it.
2: Well, first off, Jerry, thank you so much for having me today. Um, Honestly, I I can just um, explain it in one word and that would be excited. Um, I really look forward to joining a racing beat. And yeah, I know that this is kind of a new thing, a, uh, you know, an, a email newsletter, but you know, we're really the first people in motorsports to start one. So I look at it as a vast new frontier, and I'm glad to be one of the pioneers of it.
1: Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, you know, I discovered your, um, I think I, what I remember is I think I saw you followed me on Twitter, and um, I, I believe you had your, your own personal, <clears throat> excuse me, your own personal blog address on there, so I thought I'd click on it. And I started reading your stuff and I was just blown away by your talent. I really was. Tell me about, I mean, the, the, I think you used the analogy was kind of like uh, you went go-karting and you wound up in the car kind of thing. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, it was, uh,
2: you know, just racing go-karts for a little bit and getting a call uh, from Roger Penske. I mean, that's how I felt when you reached out to me. Uh, obviously, You know, pursuing a career in motorsports journalism has been something I've been doing for a while, but I never expected to so quickly be picked up by such a large outlet like NBC. So I was just blown away when you first reached out to me. In fact, I I remember I was uh, in college just sitting in the uh, cafeteria area on Twitter, and all of a sudden I got a DM from you. And you said, "Hi, this is Jerry Bonkowski. I'm with NBC Sports. I really like what you're writing. Can I call you?" And the next message you wrote, "No, this is not a joke." And the rest is history. After that,
1: oh, I'm I'm very confident. That. And one of the things that uh, I like, and part of the reason why I wanted to bring you into the Substick and the podcast um, world or the realm, is that we're going to have a lot of engagement with fans. We're still working on some of the details, but you know, I, I definitely will we'll definitely have uh, writing interaction with fans, you know, either via social media or, uh, if they, you know, write a, uh, you know, have a comment on the bottom of one of our stories, we can always respond back to them. But I'm also hoping to do some, some kind of adventurous stuff. And we're still working on, like I said, some of the details on that, but you know, this, this could really open up a lot of doors for both of us in terms of, you know, notoriety, um, attention, fan engagement, things like that. I mean, obviously I've been in this game for a long time. A lot of people know who I am and, you know, not too many reporters can say, hey, I had Ray Everham you know, as the initial guest on our podcast, the Racing Beat Podcast, on, on the Believe Podcast Network. And also you can get that at, um, you know, this is, we're recording this right now for that, but obviously you can pick it up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I mean, there's probably a good dozen uh, platforms we'll be on. So, you know, going forward, uh, there's a lot of room for us to not only do a lot of things, but also grow into a lot of things as well, too.
2: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Honestly, what I plan is, aside from the general news stories, I look forward to doing many features and interviews, uh, columns, post-race breakdowns, uh, the whole shebang, really. I'm uh, really hoping that this ends up being a fan-favorite newsletter. And I look forward to growing with uh, the Racing Beat. Uh, You know, I view it as a new opportunity.
1: um, And realistically, there's only way we can go, and that's up. I mentioned, you know, your primary beat is going to be IndyCar. Uh, we're still, you know, three months away or two months away, two and a half months away probably from the start of the season. What do you, uh, you know, we've already had a few hiccups. You know, they had to cancel St. Pete or well, reschedule St. Pete. Uh, they had to push back Barber a week. You know, we had so much uncertainty last year. We had races changed, races canceled, races moved. Do you, for you know, first of all, do you foresee, and obviously this is a hard question to answer because... There is so much uncertainty with the COVID situation right now, but how do you see this season playing out? Will it be essentially the same as last year where there's still a lot of uncertainty, or do you see that, or, or do you think that um, given the great job the folks at IndyCar did in spite of all the COVID issues that they had to deal with, you know, they were able to get the Indy 500 uh, raced. I mean, even though it was you know three months later or whatever the case was, um, how do you, how do you kind of look at, not so much competition, but just the logistics, that's a good way of asking it, uh, the logistics of this season coming up?
2: Well, you know, I think things will be better than they were last year, but still, uh, IndyCar really is between a rock and a hard place. Uh, you know, with COVID still going on, uh, I know we're slowly getting vaccinated and finding new ways to hold events with people again. Uh, But, I mean, it's just going to all really depend on, you know, a few months down the road where we are with the virus. Um, You know, also state regulations. There might be some races where we have fans. There might be some, you know, being held in front of empty houses again. I do think the Indy 500 will take place on Memorial Day weekend this year. But I don't know how many fans it will be in front. Uh, It's definitely not going to be 300,000 people. I can tell you that right now but then we have our races later in the schedule, you know, Toronto, uh, will the border be even be open at that point. And even the final three races of the year, you know, you got Portland, Laguna and long beach and Oregon and California are two of the most strict States with uh, live events. So, you know, time will ultimately tell, um, I think we're going to have a good slate of races this year. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see more postponements or maybe even a cancellation or two.
1: Well, if they do cancel uh, in any races, I mean, I know about this one little racetrack that's about 25 miles from my house, which used to be one of the best racetracks on the IndyCar schedule, otherwise known as Chicagoland Speedway. Um, a lot of question marks about whether that track will continue to um, be around. There's a lot of rumors that they may sell the property uh, to Amazon. They may actually build, uh, they may actually tear down the racetrack and build an Amazon super distribution facility there. So, but if if IndyCar needs a place to go, and if that track is still going, I would love to see IndyCar back, uh, come back to, to Illinois. It's been now, what, uh, six Six years, I think it's been, five or six years since they last raced here. Uh, But, you know, there's also other venues out there that – but the problem is if you have to, you know, move a race, um, let's say from – let's say Long Beach, hypothetically. uh, If that gets canceled, and that's obviously one of the premier races on the schedule, that's probably number two next to the uh, the Indy 500. You know, could you move it in time, you know, to a place like Chicago? Could you move it to – uh, Road America, um, or could you move it to, you know, there, there are other venues we can we can look at, and some states are more um, fan-friendly when it comes to COVID. And, I, and I, like you said, I mean, it's going to take time. We're going to have to see where this whole COVID thing goes. But IndyCar, I think, I don't want to say they were caught off guard last year. I mean, everybody was caught off guard. But I think that the fact that they were able to complete almost an entire season in different elements, and they have to re, you know redo races or you know sk- cancel races, you know reschedule races. Uh, that'll give them a little bit of an, ed- an edge or an advantage, if you will, because they've already gone through it once. Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree with you. But uh, you know, depending all on where COVID happens, I, you know, you mentioned something like Long Beach not being able to happen. Wouldn't be surprised if we have the Harvest Grand pre, you know, Part Two mm-hmm. again later this
1: year. Exactly, exactly. Um, tell me a little bit more about you know. You said about you're very excited about being part of this venture. Tell me a little bit more about not just IndyCar, but I mean you'll have the opportunity to cover a lot of different series. Um, tell, tell me about you know your thoughts about you know doing some NASCAR coverage, some um, some NHRA coverage, and some other uh, series as well.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to covering all of it this year. Um, obviously, I love NASCAR; very knowledgeable about that. Um, also I'm really interested in an HRA, uh, two years ago, finally got to go to my first uh, national event and that was definitely a life-changing experience to say the least. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to just covering anything related to motorsports this year.
1: Great. Great. Well, Michael, thank you ever so much for joining us here today on the racing beat and looking forward to getting you going. I'm going to keep you busy, boy. I'm definitely going to keep you busy, but, um well i'll tell you i mean you did a great job and you know fans if you um if you're not familiar with michael's work definitely do some google searches of you know when his time at nbc sports he was there for a little uh, almost a year and a half and he really did a lot of great work i mean you know uh, his specialty in my opinion uh, i love the interviews you do i love the way you write um, but you're going to be doing a lot of things you're going to be doing some columns you're going to be doing some analysis some features um we're going to really make people to stand up and take notice of what we're going to do.
2: Well, I'm ready. Great. Look forward to it. And I'm looking forward to getting to know all of our new fans and subscribers as the season progresses.
1: Great. Thank you ever so much for joining us, Mike. I really appreciate it. All right. We've crossed the finish line and pulled into victory lane on this inaugural edition of the Racing Beat right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I want to say thanks ever so much for our guests on today's inaugural show, Ray Everham and Michael Eubanks. We plan on releasing a new podcast every Tuesday, so watch for new editions on your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. Speaking of which, next Tuesday, February 16th, our guest on the next edition of the Racing Beat will be drag racing royalty, the legendary Don the Snake Prudhomme. We'll be talking not only about Don's career in drag racing, but also about his new book, Don the Snake Prudhomme, My Life Beyond the thirteen twenty. And in addition to our weekly podcast every Tuesday, we'll also have special additional additions that you won't want to miss. For example, in conjunction with a story I wrote for NASCAR.com, we'll have the full interview we did recently with NASCAR Hall of Famer Mark Martin and what he's up to these days. That's slated to post this Wednesday, February 10th. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and we'll catch you next time right here on The Racing Beat.